he said there's tons of capital out there tons like tons of fucking money that needs to be deployed no deals fucking none mm. all right next one uh it's it's almost uh, i don't know if it's a new business opportunity here we go again right Um, it's not necessarily a new business opportunity, but it might be something that we might be able to take down using coach capital. Okay. With coach capital, we're solving an issue. Mm -hmm. We're solving a problem. Returns are being restricted in Canada. That's no, that's, that's not news, right? In order for us to get the returns that I was used to, we, we started going over to the States, right? We're on our third property now. We're looking for our third because the returns that we can get for Canadians in the States and the, the, the infrastructure that I built to allow Canadians to invest in properties over in the States with me is, is far greater than what you would be getting over here in Canada mm-hmm. per se. Now, another issue that I'm really seeing right now is people are struggling to afford housing. Would you agree? Absolutely. What if we introduced a rent to own scenario with Coachwood? Okay. So we got into the residential side of real estate as well for, for Canadians like for Canadians, not okay. not in the US, not in the US. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do this in the US because and I would only do this local, I feel. Okay. Um Maybe not. Who knows? Down the street, I, down the road, I, I don't really know. But I feel that the ability to solve the problem of real estate affordability for people would be very interesting to introduce mm-hmm. to Coachwood. Like very interesting, actually. So, and- what are some of your thoughts in terms? Well, first of all, like for maybe for anyone listening that doesn't understand like what that actually is, like explain mm-hmm. even like how it would work from a from a uh, a rent to own person's perspective so so there's a lot of ways to do this um i haven't looked in the most into the most effective ways to do this that have maybe i'm this has been done for sure like i'm not like reinventing the wheel here or anything but again i i think with our reach and our ability to um utilize technology to do this to scale Mm -hmm. might work better than what other people might be able to conjure up. So I think we might be able to, I think we might be onto something with this. So a rent to own scenario would be, say for example, your rent was like, say, say you didn't even have any money. Say, say there's all kinds of scenarios. Okay. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Okay. And banks don't like entrepreneurs. You don't have a steady stream of income. Okay. Right. Remember that you are a personal yep. trainer and then you were having a problem. Yep. So, Maybe you got a divorce. Or, or even when I started working with you, I was a contractor versus a exactly, full time right? regular employee. Which is so fucked, but it is what it is. Yeah, I know. Maybe you got a maybe you recently got a divorce, but you have good income and like mm-hmm. that's another thing that'll affect your credit. Maybe maybe you're you're new to the country, right? Which this is like we're bringing in a half a million people mm-hmm. a year that need housing. Maybe you're new to the country, but you're an engineer, you got a great job, but it's it's not some you know, you, you haven't been in the in the in the job market all that long to develop the credit that you need, yada yada yada. You know, maybe that. I I don't know. I don't know what there's all kinds of different scenarios, right? Maybe you don't have enough of a down payment. Maybe you don't even have five percent, but you got a great job or something like along those lines, right? Well, 
and and with the pricing of of homes right now at like five hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you know, maybe you don't have the twenty thousand dollars or the forty thousand dollars for a down payment, right? Um, so maybe as an example, you know, say you have uh, a forty a four hundred thousand dollar home, mm-hmm. a five thousand dollar down payment that you would need is twenty thousand dollars. So maybe five percent. Five percent, yeah. Say, say you're you got uh, the the CMHC. Um, say, say your first time home, you know, the first time you're buying a home. Actually, let's use that as an example. So, yep. your first time buying a home, five percent CMHC uh, insured uh, mortgage, five percent down. So, you need twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? So, maybe for the first twenty months of home ownership, you're putting down an extra thousand dollars. Plus your two thousand dollars in rent, right for the down payment, or maybe say for example fifteen hundred of that is rent, five hundred of that goes down to or gets applied to a, you know your more your your principal, mm-hmm. and then an extra thousand dollars a month gets applied to the down payment, something like that, or maybe it's amortized over twenty five years, and maybe we accept a ninety twenty LTV right? Where it's a little bit less and they either give it to you or we add it on, you know, for example, a $400,000 home, you know, say for 40 months, Mm -hmm. you have to give us, you know, a thousand dollars extra, right? And then we do a regular 25 year amortization or maybe a 30 year or it's like we get, we get a little bit more creative to make it affordable for these people to be able to, you know, buy a home, right? Mm -hmm. While also making it advantageous for us. So say, for example, maybe rates are at 6% right now. Maybe we do eight, maybe we do 10. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a private lending scenario, but we do it with homes that we own, right? Mm. So that if, if shit actually hits the fan in a private mortgage scenario in Canada, you can't take the house back. Right. Okay. What you can do is you can force the sale of the home and it takes a long time. In this kind of scenario, you do a regular eviction, or I can't remember exactly what my lawyer mentioned. He mentioned a bunch of shit. I don't fucking remember, but it's not. It's not a scenario. Like, let me. I'll actually bring it up for you. Now, this is like totally. Um, let me see here. Okay, so this is. Um, I put easy to structure. Are you seeing uh, more of this lately? Is there a high rate of delinquency? Uh, also what happens if there is delinquency? Can the landlord assume the property back? He wrote yes and no. We have a good, we, we have good precedence, uh, to go from though, uh, personal guarantees and they pay everything. And if they don't, you kick them out and take their stuff and sue them for unpaid rent. So there's a lot of nuances. I'm assuming like with respect to this, you know, in Canada, you can't just like lock the door, like a commercial property or industrial property. And that's it if they don't pay rent. But this is a really interesting play. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel like this is a very interesting play. So essentially they would, you would transition ownership or a sale. You you would sell them the property at the point that they reach like the 5% down or 10% down. I, I don't know. I don't exact. I have to meet with Dave. I don't know all the nuances. I don't know what the best practices right. are for this. But even just conceptually having where it's your there start, might be a trigger, right? Right. Where you're starting <clears throat> off. It's essentially just it's a, it's a rental where you're it's like traditional that might real be, estate I, investing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I don't know if there's like a trigger point where like say, you know, the trigger point is, you know, once the 10 percent after 40 months or whatever is actually paid. Right, maybe that's the trigger point, mm-hmm. or maybe 
you have to get into a, a, an ownership uh an ownership deal right from the onset of even the rental period mm-hmm. or the rent to own period. I don't know what the nuances are. We can get into a further discussion about what those nuances are, you know, later down the road. But is, the ho- is did he bring it up in this, or did you bring this up, or did he bring it up originally about doing this? This concept, yeah. No, I did. Yeah, and uh, I think it's interesting. It is very it interesting. Solves a problem. Yeah. That's a really fucking big one right now. And what is the um, what is the the landscape right now for for private mortgages? Let's say in the last couple of months, like what are you seeing? Is there like a higher demand for private mortgages? Is there a lower demand? It's kind of the same. Speaking of which, I just got like literally about half hour ago. The like these guys just hit me up and they're like, "Hey, can you do a five million dollar private mortgage?" Like I don't know the details of that, but that's a fucking big one. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't so so I have also a buddy that does a ton of private mortgages. Mm-hmm. He said there's tons of capital out there, tons, like tons of fucking money that needs to be deployed. No deals. Fucking none. Mm. So this might be a situation where we actually bring in private mortgages, right? As, as to fund these fucking deals for people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The, this con- I know for, for example, for my age group or generation or whatever you want to call it, uh, like the demand for something like that would be absolutely huge. I think so. Right. Because I even mm-hmm. think about it from like the, yeah, the demand perspective, the number of times that I've heard people being like, fuck, I want to like move out of my parents' house, but I don't want to, but they're also pretty financially literate and they're realizing that they're not, they don't want to just throw money away to rent. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially going to be staying with their parents until they're 35 years old. Cause mm-hmm. they want to just move, be able to move into something that they mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. because yeah, the, the affordability is kind of running away from what wages are. But if you yeah. had a rent to own situation, it, like their incomes are good. They're making 80 grand a year, 90 yeah. grand a year, whatever. Yeah. But they're not going to be able to like with how fast housing prices are increasing, having some, like a rent to own, like I know that they'd be able to get well, in. Well, housing prices aren't increasing like now, but no, in, I'm inter- just saying over the last couple of years. Yeah. Interest rates are going right. But yeah. Like, okay, so what, what kind of scenario right now that, that you've seen with your friends that are, like, not able to get homes? Like, what is the scenario? Do they not have enough of a down payment? Is there credit shit? Are they, are they new in the job market? Like, what is it? Because my, my, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. Mm-hmm. So what's the, you know, all my, the majority of my friends are established. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of them, to be honest. So what's, like, what's, the, what's the, the, the hurdle that you see with your demographic or the younger demographic yeah. or whatever it, so it's a combination of where they now have uh, an established job they're having a, a, a good income but when they're trying to apply for mortgages as an individual as, once you have a, a partner let's say for example you're going in with a girlfriend fiance mm. wife whatever like and they also have that income like that helped me a lot having two incomes going towards it yeah. right that okay. i'm not gonna lie about that when it comes to the application um but the friends that are trying to go after something let's say five hundred thousand dollars or four hundred even four hundred thousand dollars on one income is very challenging is that right eh? yeah they're still yeah. seeing a hard time and okay. and they're having and they're having like like senior engineer jobs where they're making really, eh? 80 90 grand a year like they're secure so, jobs so what but- is the problem so so okay that's the problem but what is the solution to the problem that they they're seeing? Like, is it yes, yeah, so shitty LTV? They have to put more down. Like, what is it? They would have to essentially put more down, just because the um, 
the debt service the uh, debt service coverage ratio would just be too high yeah. based on what their income take yeah. home income is versus yeah so so the, the bank, cost of the yeah, debt right so now the, basically the banks have like a, a one like I don't even know what the on a, on a residential but do you know what the uh, like if you were to, if you were I to don't. buy your own principal resident what the debt service coverage ratio is I know like um, in terms of your um, the, the 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 gross um, one's like thirty one's like thirty seven percent one's like thirty three percent of your of your gross pay. Yeah, what do they call it? The gross service ratio. The uh, I don't know. I don't even remember on like a personal side. I don't even know what that what that I looks know. like. I just went through this like I'm, I just went through this like not long ago. I'm trying to remember what those numbers were. Whatever, I can find out. Well, this is gonna be important for the thing, just because a lot of people are probably in a similar situation as me. I just need to remember the word. It's called gross. Um, has two acronyms. Multiplier. Yeah, even when you look at private mortgages, you look at look at a t- gross one and a total one. Yeah, GDS and TDS. That's what it's called. Okay. Your gross debt gross debt service and your total debt service. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, to reiterate this, so yeah, essentially what's happening right now is that the gross debt service and the total debt service, especially in the last year, has tightened up substantially, mm-hmm. right? And essentially, as a ratio of what your uh, of what your income is, the percentages of what the allowable payments are per month has tightened more and more. Whereas, like let's say two years ago, it was fifty percent, then dropped to forty five percent. Now it's at forty mm-hmm. percent. Right, so it's getting tighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of your your total debt and your gross debt, you want to have it where, to, where the banks will look at it to be under a certain ratio. And so, the issue is that a, four, a mortgage on a four hundred thousand dollars house went from sixteen hundred dollars to twenty five hundred dollars in a matter of a year, and mm-hmm. that on a ratio of a eighty grand income, you're no longer within within those limits. Yeah, right. So, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, we we could stretch the limits. Right, we could be the bank that could stretch the limits for people, and assume the risk, where you know we could pull in private money, give these people a return, right, mm-hmm. and and uh, and assume the risk if they default, because I I, I have the income to support a mm-hmm. default. You see what I'm saying? What do you think from when you're talking to like your guys in private mortgages? What what? interest rates are they typically looking at? Because I know, for example, like if you were to be able to be in a six to 8% range, people would do that all day long. Yeah. I just don't know if lenders, private mortgage lenders would actually be interested in anything even less than 10%, would they? Probably not at this, like pri- private lending is still around 12, 10 to 12%, which is fucking crazy because rates are so high. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, it's, it's just where the market is, right? Like yeah. no, no, the, I, I, again, my buddy that does a ton of these, he's just like, yeah, it actually makes sense that private mortgages would, would the, the spread between the bank's mortgage rate versus the private mortgage rate, which should be higher right now, mm-hmm. but nobody would be able to afford it. So right. it's irrelevant. The higher, I, I remember I did a 28 point or 28.5% private mortgage on a hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. but it was a business, right? Right. So the business was making money. It wasn't somebody, you know, at a fixed income, you know, trying to make those crazy payments, mm-hmm. right? So that that's the only, I would love to figure out a really solid model, model for doing this because I have a bunch of, you know, single family homes that I could actually apply this to. Yeah. Right? That I think would be very fucking interesting. I, I think it would also be enticing to the call it the customer or tenant or whatever you want to call it, yeah. the buyer, 
um, it would be very interesting from their perspective that they don't have to rely on the private mortgage for the entire length of the term. Yeah. Right. If, it, if you were to have it where, okay, let's say you're paying your down payment over the course of a two to five year period. Mm-hmm. And then after that point in time, you have the ownership, but then also you have the, if we were able to essentially pr- provide a proof of payments over a course of a period of time, let's say as like a letter, um, uh, like an official letter from us as coach for capital that we can provide to them that then goes to the bank and saying, Hey, they are, they're in good standing for payments of the last two to five years. So yeah. that they could actually then go and apply for a traditional mortgage themselves. Well, that that would be so. So that would be the the part two to this. The part two to this is not only offering the service. The part two would be the coaching of it. So hmm. typically, what would happen is is you have to get your money out. So one of the ways that you would get your money out is obviously strengthening the buyer. Right. The buyer is in a position that they can't get traditional funding, right, or lending. Well, how do they get traditional lending? fucking help them do it. Yeah. Right. So figure out a way like as your credit shit, coach them on getting better credit. Almost everyone in a, in a matter of two to five years can really improve oh, it, their, it wouldn't even take five. It, it would take right? like a year or two. Like,